Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two Libra Moons, and that says a lot. It's Chris Brodell. I'm actually a Gemini. You son of a bitch. And Shane Beauregard. Oof gets Jungs. Let's do this. <laughs> wow. Ooh, all right. That almost sounded like mocking. <laughs> it, no, that's how it ends. Like, if you look it up, that let two Ds, you know, that's what it says. Is wow. the country wow. you're saying it from going to be proud that you did that? <laughs> That's what Probably I like. not. Or is any is any country proud that I'm doing this? But oh, that's God. for you, Germany. Globin <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Def Leppard. I should have went offspring. with that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, as Shane starts having his chocolates and rolling himself away, we will get on to the rest of the episode. Um, this is all going to be. Kind of like a follow-up to our top 10 most anticipated summer movie episode that we did a few months back. This is going to be our summer recap where we're going to give you our best and brightest and uh, worst and dimmest. Is that the opposite, I guess, I would be looking for of what good. transpired over the summer? Uh, we're all going to sign each other's yearbooks and you know wish each other a, a better school year next year. But uh, for right now... We'll get into just kind of what this summer movie season felt like. And I think, you know, because I'm a, I'm a person who is present in the world and, and amongst you guys every single week where we're reviewing these things. I feel like I was disappointed overall in the summer. And I feel like it's kind of this uh, coming back from COVID production supply. Like, I feel like there wasn't even that many blockbusters this summer. And so we had... Kind of slim pickings to begin with uh, in terms of what we were looking forward to, what could have been good. And then, you know, even streaming felt lighter than it has been in years past, too. So there was only a certain amount of uh, good movies to watch at home uh, if you weren't going to the theaters that often. Shane, I'll start with you, man. Like, how do you feel? Am I, am I off base? Am I am I overthinking this summer? Nope, not at all. You hit the nail on the head. This... Uh... It's just been disappointing this entire summer. There's been a couple here and there, and we'll get into them. But when we did our list, I was generally excited. I, I think I've been let down by just about every movie in our top ten list, except for a couple. Yeah. I think it's, it's been a really stronger year on the TV side of things, hands down. Like, hands down. Yeah. The TV shows, to me, have dominated 2022. And the movies, outside of a couple that made a lot of money, it's been, man, it's been a limp fest this entire summer. So I'm... Glad to see it come and go. 
Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get more out of, you know, the the fall season that brings a lot of the Oscar hopefuls. Then we'll also maybe get some more horror movies up in this B uh, because we got, you know, the, the, the October horror stuff in the fall or whatever. And then, you know, then we get stuff like Avatar or other or Shazam or other blockbusters that are going to come through that maybe, uh, you know, Wakanda Forever, things like that, that might brighten up the end of this summer or excuse me the end of 2022 chris you feeling the same way as us buddy you're coming into this going what the hell just happened to me i just get punched in the face i think what we should have uh seen coming was when we first had the um top five movies so far yeah and it was hard to make five it really it was. was and then yeah. throughout the year uh just as shane pointed out it was it was a struggle to find anything of note to really talk about and watch. Yeah. Um, but we found some gems amongst them. Yeah. Uh, overall, it it has been very lacking. Yeah. Overall. Yeah, I totally agree. I figure the the best way we were going to kind of go over this, we kind of talked about it, was, you know, we could kind of go over the, the top 10 list again and kind of you know, reorder the list if we were. But I think what we'll do is kind of go over answering a few questions. What was the best thing we saw? Maybe most disappointing, some better performances. And I think we'll kind of suss out what really kind of worked for us. If you've been following our show week to week, and God bless you if you have, obviously you know kind of where we sit with this. But there are a few films in here where maybe at the time we recorded, one of us or uh, two of us didn't see that movie, and so now it's popping up again, but maybe with a different perspective. Or things we are just catching up on where we'll kind of maybe toss in some things that haven't been talked about at all on the podcast. So that'll be awesome. And then at the end, we'll kind of bring in that top five, check in with that, like I said, before we hit the fall festival season and into the holidays to wrap up the year and kind of check in to see how much different our list now since the summer movies came out. So let's start off with some some softball ones. Maybe we'll get the, the tough ones out of the way, as Shane suggested. We can <laughs> We can go in with most disappointing movie of the year. Obviously, considering the fact that we were just lamenting how this summer was, I'm sure there are a lot of candidates on the table. Chris, you want to start us off with your most disappointing movie of the summer? Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. No, the interesting thing about that one, and uh, spoil it for everybody, uh, that is Shane's <laughs> most disappointing, too, so we can kind of have this conversation now. It's amazing that that's a choice, considering our expectations had to have been batted down because we both, all of us weren't fans of Doctor Strange 2 either or the shows that led into it. That is true. However, having Ragnarok be so successful uh, with the tone, going into Love and Thunder, we thought, right. okay, we're going to get more of that or, you know, uh, something along the lines. Right. And when it was finally, you know, credits roll stingers uh get shown <laughs> uh-huh. uh it was it was a lot to sit on and w you and i andrew had a lengthy discussion after the movie yeah and you know further uh to recording mm -hmm. it's it still like stuck in my craw yeah like, I, I i just couldn't i couldn't shake 
the disappointment that I had in it. Uh, Shane, you feeling the same way? I know, obviously, this is your pick, too. Yeah, and it was tough because I had another movie in mind, and <clears throat> we'll get into that. But because when we did our top ten lists and we submitted them to you, Thor was like my second or third. So, I mean, it was up there. And like Chris, I just felt – I mean, there's a couple highlights like Christian Bale we, we discussed on when we reviewed the movie. Sure. But, man, they just – I don't like the direction they took the Thor character. And you had stuff to look forward to, like Natalie Portman being back, Valkyrie. And it just – a lot of it just did, just didn't work. It didn't connect. And it just – I don't like where they left off. I don't – and it makes me less – I mean, I don't really look forward to a fifth one, especially with the stingers that Chris showed. I'm like, I have no interest in seeing that, like, zero. Um, so, yeah, just because I had it so high, and it just let me down. I was expecting like another play on Ragnarok and it just did not do that for me. Yeah. Very uneven tones, sideline characters at the wrong time. And then, like you said, when the, the carryover or the stinger uh, goes also points to some of the weaker parts of the movie, then what's to look forward to, I guess, if you're moving forward with that particular plot line or that particular series. So I'm with you guys. Like that would have been a strong candidate for me, but I guess, uh, because in that episode that we did our top 10, our number one was Nope. And for me, I wanted to love that movie. Jordan Peele means a lot to me. I think he's a very solid director. And I still think so. I don't want to be uh, too off base here. Uh, and it's weird to have most disappointing in a movie that I still gave three and a half out of five, which is one of the higher scores we probably gave of certain movies over the summer. But the fact that I wanted to love it and the fact that I only liked it, it really kind of brought me down to a certain level of just, God, <laughs> when I, I hate the feeling of like, I need to see that movie again and hopefully I like it more because rarely does that work um, or it's not enough. It never fits that expectation you have, but that's where I sit with Nope. There's not a lot of things. There's a lot of unexplained in that movie where it's like oh but once you figure it out you'll be great it's like no no i figured out enough but i still want to be told uh, a solid story that i can grab onto at the time when i'm viewing i don't want to have to go on that deep dive to to make me feel better about watching a movie that didn't exactly grab me so uh, a lot of good stuff in that movie but man it is not us and it is not get out and i wanted it to be so bad so I guess we'll stay on the bummer part of the summer. Uh, let's just let's just rip off the band-aids on this one, right? Um, worst movie of the summer, which you know, you're like, ah, oh, it's kind of adjacent to most disappointing of the year, and uh, maybe there is some overlap, but there are going to be some true stinkers that need to uh, get out of the way here. Worst movie of the summer for you, Shane, is Jurassic World, hands down. Because I'm the reason this movie got on the list in the first place. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I know. I'm an unabashed fan. I like, you know, I I like the series as a whole. I like the franchise, even through some of their missteps. But and they try to throw in the nostalgia factor with bringing the OGs back. But man, this movie again was joyless, soulless, and it made me contemplate my life. It really <laughs> did. I just sat there and I had to think about where I am in my state of life. So yeah, it was so bad. And Chris, unfortunately, you had to also double down and watch it with your kid, too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My daughter loves, loves these uh, Jurassics. And uh, I, I was like trying to steer her towards Lightyear. And she's like, no, 
no, I want to see this one. Yeah, I want so to see I people die, it. Daddy. Die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't judge. Don't judge. Hey, no. Uh, <laughs> listen, my son over the weekend asked yeah. me point blank, Daddy, when was uh, how old were you when he, you first started watching scary movies, horror movies? Oof. And I was like, buddy, your age, and I don't see it for you anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> I'm and not going to well, make that mistake. Also, yeah. there's the caveat uh, when we were his age and we were watching the quote unquote scary movies. They were under the banner of Disney. Like <laughs> right. some some Disney movies like really put trauma into our lives. So you Well, I'm saying at you his know, age R. I cuz I have an older brother, I have an old I had an older best friend yeah. and I watched things like Texas Chainsaw. Yes. You know, yes. or Sleepaway Camp Agreed. or something else when I was 6 like he is. So I wanted to no bueno. blame though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to blame Disney for something, you know. Yeah. Hey, come on, black hole. We just <laughs> did. It's called Thor four. So, and then oh, <laughs> and God, Doctor yeah, Strange yeah. two before that. So we're we've been shitting on him quite a bit. Um, but yeah, Jurassic World obviously was not critically <laughs> acclaimed and will not be no. on this podcast. But uh, at least Chris, you share Sh- Shane's sentiment uh, at least on on that one because you saw it after sh- uh, Shane put the review on the podcast so we can corroborate yes. that it's a piece of shit uh, but this wasn't <laughs> what you listed as worst movie of the summer no no and uh, because I had certain expectations for this movie once again I'm talking Thor love and thunder yeah Disney it, take that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, there's like with Jurassic, I knew what I was getting when I went into it. I was there for my daughter, but I I knew I wasn't going to like it. Right. Like uh, my hope was I was going to be surprised and like it. But yeah. it made all my my thoughts uh come to light and lo and behold it wasn't good. Right, I get it. But if you're trapped in a room and you had to watch Jurassic World or Thor, you're really going to sit here and tell me you'd watch Jurassic World before you watch Thor again? Uh, Be honest. This is where I, I was trying to make that debate with you. It's like, isn't it more your most disappointing yeah. and not the worst movie in the summer? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, uh, By the way, uh, terrible feel- straws that we're drawing here between, like, do you want <laughs> to say it's yeah. really fucking bad yeah. or sort of bad? <laughs> no, but I, I think... I think uh, the character of Thor it was there was a disservice mm. to him, and that's why I was like, it, it had it, basically it was it was T ball. It was yeah. it's right there. All you have to do is hit it. Right. That's it. I think you're sounding and, and like we'll you were more happy. insulted than right, like, and obviously disappointed yeah, so, as we said with the know, last one. I'm, so it compounds the problem. Yeah, it it, it definitely. If you if you presented with me uh, not hearing anything about either or, right, I was all for Thor. I was sure. thinking yeah. Thor is going to be out of the park great. The fact that we put it up so it high on the most yeah. on the highly anticipated after yeah. watching Moon Knight, after watching yeah. Doctor Strange two, after watching other disappointments in this lineage. Right. Yeah, I understand your point. Because even with those disappointments and with Phase 4 as a whole, right. I thought the bright spot was going to be Thor. Yeah. And when that didn't deliver, it, Shane, you said it, I start questioning my lot in life. 
I'm like, why am I putting all my my choices into this uh, series yeah. of films, TV series? No, I understand, but when I go back and look at Thor, I can at least appreciate Christian Bale's performance. So to me, that that makes it. And again, it's your list. It makes it more disappointing, not the worst. But the the worst to me is I had uh, anticipated this to be at least good. Right. To me, yeah. it wasn't good. It crapped on all the characters that were presented on screen. Right. And, and yeah. that's why I say it's the worst, because it, it just like subverted all expectations. Yeah, yeah, well, where, no, like I said, Jurassic World, I knew what I was getting when I saw that. I didn't even want it on the most anticipated, but you had it on the list. And, it, you know, and that's no, that's not against you. Like you said, you like it. You like those films. And, you know, I, I I'm never going to try and sway anybody. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean, you know, you have to think the same as me. But going into it, I, I knew what I was going to expect. Like, my heart's not into it. My heart is in Thor. And when it comes back and says, you like this character? You're not going to like this character. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, ah, shake my fist at the air. Well, so that's, that's where my mentality was. I hate to quarrel with either of you. You know, dinosaurs have their place in the world and superheroes <laughs> do too. But you know what doesn't? An aspiring musician who agrees to a marriage of convenience with a soon-to-deploy Marine. That is the plot of <laughs> Purple Hearts on Netflix. Uh, that was the first movie in my new uh, film criticism uh, column that I'm doing for what's on Netflix uh, called Play, Pause, or Stop. And this was a the only stop I've given in the four reviews that I've done thus far. This movie was wildly bad and so inconsistent and just uh, a movie uh built as this kind of showcase for Sophia Carson are you guys familiar with Sophia Carson no nope not at all no you, you guys didn't watch the descendants on Disney apparently she is a oh yeah I've seen yeah, okay. yeah. which character yeah. was she one of the evil ones <laughs> I don't ah, know I didn't watch ah, it yes, yeah yes. yeah you know her um she was also in uh, like a uh, a uh, dance mom kind of a, a dance movie for Netflix uh, okay. a year or two ago too. She's trying to be this budding star coming out of the Disney spotlight thing, and God, this this movie, I was just so upset. It's it's one of those like it's two flawed, terrible people that have to get together by the end of this movie. And you're like, God, I hope the world just implodes instead. Um, and that's, uh, I caught a lot of crap <laughs> for putting this as a stop, uh, to a bunch of disappointed military wives, I would assume. And, uh, people who really get into it from that perspective, but gosh, yeah, this, uh, this did not work for me. Uh, this is by far the worst thing I saw this summer. But in fairness, I did not see Jurassic Park Dominion. So, you know, there is still hope that Lucky. maybe it's even worse than Purple Heart. So Purple Heart fans, cross your fingers that maybe I will come back on here and take that back and throw some more chum on the fire for Jurassic Park <laughs> Dominion. Uh, but not today. Purple Hearts uh, is terrible. So if you have a Netflix subscription, you're like, that's on my queue. Uh, burn your television. Uh, just don't watch <laughs> that movie at all. Um, but so let's it's a pause? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, <laughs> no, burn your remote too. Um, yeah. So now that was all the negativity. So you know, throw uh, some. Uh, Spices over your shoulder. Do whatever you got to do to cleanse your area. We're going to get into the positives now. Uh, let's start with the more kind of uh, fun thought. Uh, most overlooked movie of the summer, um, which is a movie that was not on our most anticipated list. So 10 movies right off the bat, not eligible. Um, and one of them I will say for myself because I will bring it up because uh, Shane picked it for his pick. Your choice was my number one movie when we did top five movies of the year because I saw this at Sundance before it was released in the summer. Tell the folks what you picked for Most Overlooked. That would be Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah, even now when I tell my clients, I'm like, what would you recommend? And I'm like, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. They just kind of give me that all shoulders (laughs) look like, where where can I find that? And I tell them, Apple TV. It is in a summer of, like we said, crap and just everything going on. I thought this was a movie that hit me at the right time, like not even emotionally, but it had heart. It was well-written, likable characters, great performances. And it was just one of those movies to kind of break up all the shit that I was watching. Yeah. All the bad stuff. And it just, it, it hit all those right notes for me. It's such a, and I hate to use the word sweet, but I'm going to use it. It was just like a sweet feel-good movie, uh, coming-of-age story. And yeah. I really, really find myself enjoying it, and I scored it as one of my highest movies of the year. And, um, yeah, and I noticed it was your number one still, as you pointed out. Well, way to pull that one out, buddy. Uh, yeah, when we get to our, our top five movie wrap-up at the end, yeah, it is still my number one. So that we'll, we'll get to the rest of, like, maybe how that got altered as we go. But, yeah. Top top five, like you said, it's number one. It's a great movie. It's a great pick. Shane, I recommend anyone I, pay the five dollars oh, for you to rent a decent movie. Now it's over five dollars. Just pay the five dollars to get Apple TV Plus for a month and just burn through all their stuff because they don't have a ton. But what they do have is great. Watch Ted Lasso. Watch Cha Cha Real Smooth. Watch the Oscar winner of Best Picture last year, Coda. You know. But yeah, Severance is up there too. Shane had that in his top five. So plenty of things to watch. Spend the $5. Watch Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Get on it today because Cooper Rafe is 25 years old and a burgeoning genius. So please, that and my soon-to-be wife, Dakota Johnson, will we'll all be together holding hands uh, soon enough. Chris, your pick yes. for most overlooked movie of the year is? Vengeance. Ah, it's on my watch list. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, you brought it to my attention, and honestly, I don't know why more people aren't talking about him. Uh, B.J. Novak from Office fame, uh, The Office, American version, he wrote and directed this, and I'm like, vengeance. Uh, like, uh, I, I hadn't heard it until you said it, Andrew. Yeah. Like, it was on your list for uh, to watch or, you know, yeah, there's a few so, of those kicking around like that really interested me, and this is definitely one of them. And I'm not just saying that because B.J. Novak is a podcaster in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, very similar, very similar. Yeah, um, that and Only Murders in the Building finale tomorrow, so I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm getting all my podcast stuff out right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we have to uh, catch up on that, but we are close. Um, yes. 
No, uh, so I ended up watching it, and I was just engrossed uh, from beginning to end. Um, you know, the the premise is uh, kind of like, huh? Right. B.J. Novak has like this uh, one-night stand uh, of a girl he barely remembers who uh, he finds out uh, died under mysterious circumstances. Right. So he is convinced to come down to Texas from New York to uh, attend her funeral and find out how she died. Right. And he's a, a podcaster, sort of like uh, uh, for NPR kind mm-hmm. of uh, programming. And he's always looking for a story. And he says, this is my new story. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out what's going on with this girl. I'm going to try and remember who she was. And the family just gravitates towards him because it's uh, they think he's someone else. Right. Uh, they they feel like he he corresponded with their daughter more often than he thought he did. Right. And just a series of uh, miscommunications and misunderstandings uh, keep him there and keep the story interesting. Right. So he's telling his bosses uh, back in New York, you know, he's got something and they're ca- encouraging him to uh, seek it through. And it's just well done. It it kind of th- reminds me of a, a throwback to like those 90s neo-noir. Um, yeah. It feels like of, it could uh, be a scenarios. Coen Brothers inspired, but like, you know, obviously maybe yes. not on the same level of execution because who can, right? But <laughs> it definitely feels like it's in that vein. And I will say, I don't know when you watched it because it's still in theaters somewhere, uh, you know, around these days. But I, the yeah, fact I think that I saw that too. Yeah. The fact that we, uh, we just watched uh, Shane's boy, and now I guess maybe our collective boy, uh, Boyd Holbrook. Is in that movie yes. too, right? So it made me oh God, more yeah, jazzed he's that he's just incredible in Sandman, and now uh, doing this that it's just it makes me want to double down. But right now it's either in theaters with only a select amount of showings and stuff, so it's kind of hard to see. And then also it's uh, it is on PBOD right now, but it's yes. that nineteen ninety nine or whatever sixteen right. nine somewhere around that number. It's like yeah. All right, cool, man. I'll see you when you're six ninety nine in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we will do it. But I, I definitely want to. There's a few of those kicking around that I, I definitely want to check out, and I'm glad that one, uh, is good. Um, yeah. My most overlooked movie of the year is <laughs> an actual success at the box office. So overlooked seems a little bit weird to say, but as it was not on our most anticipated list, even though Shane did do his review of it on the podcast. My pick is Elvis, baby. Mm-hmm. So it was. It caught me off guard because I was like, I'm not the biggest Boz Lerman fan. I uh, I grew up in an Elvis household. My mom is a giant Elvis fan. Uh, only the Beatles topped the, the Elvis thing for her, but it was always around. And I knew a lot of the Elvis story, uh, but I didn't know a lot of the things once I watched this movie. So I was like engrossed in a lot of the things that uh, was done by <laughs> the only drawback for me is kind of like the, the Tom Hanks voice of it all. And even then it kind of like 
it's not as irritating as it goes through, but it's a, definitely a choice. Um, but <laughs> what's amazing is that even though Tom Hanks sounds like Goldfing, uh, Goldmember through most of the movie, you can still I still enjoyed the crap out of this thing. It's wildly entertaining. I basically was as as his story got more bleak and he was just being taken advantage of and he's in Vegas at the end. Uh, of his career or life or however you want to put it. And he's going through the divorce stuff and everything else. He says some amazingly poignant things as a desperate man that I don't know what it says about me, but it hit me <laughs> right in the heart to where I literally like, called Shane after I got out of the movie. It was like, Hey, you saw it, right? So, so, so did it, did it do this to you too? Um, you know, just weeping openly on the phone. Um, so, and thank you for that, Shane. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it just hit me, uh, and it, it's like a death by a thousand edits first kind of half hour or whatever, where you just kind of have to go through the ride because it literally feels like it feels like cocaine for like the that first half hour, and then as soon as like his career kind of gets through, where he's meeting the colonel and he's getting into the meat of his career, and then towards the back half, it's an impressive movie and. It's got a lot to say, and uh, well, actually, it is a great way to dovetail into our next category because I also selected this as best performance of the summer with Austin Butler playing Elvis, and I know, Shane, you have it down here. That is your best performance, too. So speak on it, man. What what did it for you with Austin Butler and his version of Elvis? Right, and I, I echo everything you said about Elvis because I feel the same way. I think I was the first one to see it and just like, wow, this was better than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, we got it. And you planted Austin the flag, Butler, Shane. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, for Austin Butler, um, I've never seen him before. Like To me, he came out of nowhere and just delivered not only musically, body language-wise, and like you said, towards the end when he was – all that emotional stuff like hit me too. And I was like, wow, man, he's really just knocking this role out of the park. It's almost like he was born to play Elvis in this movie. Yeah. Coming from nowhere. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Like coming from nowhere, that's a lot of weight to, to try to move, especially with someone as iconic as Elvis. It still is. Yeah. And to really come out and fully portray him. And it, it just was a mind blowing performance for me. Yeah. I thought he did a great job of, embodying Elvis without having to feel like he had to do like a mimicry or like this, you know, SNL type parody, you know, comparison, you know, this kind of, he just got it. He just got what it meant more for the movie, maybe than actually Elvis. But when it mattered too, though, he really did get the moves down, right. Get the spirit down, right. Even like, you know, he didn't have to go crazy lip curl. He didn't have to do any of the, like the the extra over the top stuff we see in Elvis impersonators across the country. This guy just got what it meant to be him, to to kind of be him, especially at the heights and the lows. I thought that's an impressive direction from Boz Lerman, which I did I don't actually like. I remember when you reviewed this, you were like, "It's the least Boz Lerman." Correct. I mean, that's yeah, kind of I accurate. <laughs> Right. Like you said, once you get through the first like 30 to 45 minutes and it settles in to be just a 
a biography film. Yeah. It's just like a normal kind of movie. Like, so he took a lot of that energy out in my mind anyway. Yeah. Cause again, I like you, I, I don't care for Boz Lerman. Sorry. I just, I don't. Yeah. I'm fine so, with Moulin was, Rouge. Uh, there's a couple of projects that he's done that I like, but gosh, yeah, there's some stuff where I'm like, no, uh, Romeo and Juliet. No, thanks. Like I'm fine. And there's a bunch of things where I could just go. That's not for me, but uh, this one definitely, I, I was in all the way and i thought uh how they really kind of set the the characters around him really well uh, i don't know the the hanks thing is still a whole other i don't know uh, you could make a choice to do a dutch accent i i don't know the colonel's exact accent or whatever but jesus christ nope. it can't be that hammy but it it somehow works some of the time on me uh and as you get along it's like stuck you know stuck Stockholm syndrome or whatever where it's just like okay I'm here I've heard this enough times it doesn't bother me anymore it just kind of absorbs into the movie but yeah I definitely enjoyed it um Chris you did not have Austin Butler as your best performance of the summer but I I will give you an wide open lane to talk better things about cha-cha real smooth so tell the folks Cooper Rafe baby oh yeah again it's something that uh, you, Andrew, brought to the table yeah. and said, guys, you got to see Cha-Cha Real Smooth. What? I don't need to learn how to dance. <laughs> do, no, do, no. Do, do. I'm going to do that every <laughs> time. Cha-Cha, You got to check this out. I was like, uh, all right. Well, I have Apple, Apple Plus or Apple TV. And yeah, and I said, yeah, I got nothing going on. I'll watch this little movie that he's talking about. And my God. That is one charming young man. He's infectious. Uh, it really is. And I'm just like, I want the best for him yeah. outside this movie and in the movie. I know. Uh, he just, if he ran a cult, I would join. <laughs> as long as there's he that much more... dancing. He could get everybody I, going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I'm a, a bit of a wallflower at first, and uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure he would bring me out onto the dance floor, and I, I think nothing of it. Um, yeah. He is amazing. Like, you know, what, uh, quadruple threat, you know, actor, writer, director, uh, yeah. uh, overall nice guy. Par- party Good starter, looking. apparently. <laughs> Bar- yeah, party, party starter. starter. Yeah. Oh my God! Who who'd have thought that's a job? And he found it, and he excelled at it. Right. My God! You know, not giving anything away of that movie, yeah. but yeah, it was so so unexpected. It was so good. I'm glad that I saw it, and I will also sing his praises. Yeah, and I just want to put it out there because it's going to seem a little weird. Uh, full disclosure: I did not pick Rod. Uh, cha-cha real smooth for any of the categories uh even though the release date was summer just because i put all my full scale thoughts on the top five uh episode that we did one of our earliest episodes so i feel like i've been uh beating this drum over and over we even had uh morgan roberts from in their own league and uh her podcast too as well uh that she just came on and did all kinds of Sundance movies. And we did it again where I got to put all my thoughts about Cha-Cha Real Smooth. So I figured the people have had enough of me singing the praises of this movie, even though I have now chimed in multiple times whenever it got brought up. But 
Pass the baton. Don't, but don't think <laughs> that that movie isn't my favorite movie of the summer, favorite performance, the whole thing. It's all it's all right there, baby. So I, I am with you. I'm glad you brought it up so I didn't have to. <laughs> that is how I feel it. I got gotcha. you. But the interesting thing, and this comes as a shock to no one, especially who has listened to our podcast all the way through on this, the best movie of the summer is just a phenomenon that is just capturing the world by storm, let alone just the domestic box office. This is a movie, fellas, that I'm sure you read in the trades, because you guys are all up on the trades, that uh, this just passed Avengers Infinity War in domestic box office. It is number six all time, I think is the number. This is Top Gun Maverick, guys, and it fucking killed. Ah, just uh, <laughs> Shane changed his name, possibly legally now, to uh, his call sign that we we went over many times. Do you remember? Are you Inferno still? Inferno, you got it. Baby. Yeah, see, I could do it. Is that a legal name change? Is that I should have addressed you as Inferno Beauregard? At middle name. I went with my legal oh, okay. Name. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah, Fair yeah. enough. You yeah, can interchange it any way you want. Yeah. <laughs> look look to when Shane adopts a pet, just to name it Inferno, coming soon to a, uh, an adoption site near you. But it's it's no mistake that all three of us picked this as the number one. Right, Shane? I mean, like, you were the, probably the biggest proponent, but every one of us was singing its praises. Yeah, yeah I mean, it exceeded my expectations. Because I thought it'd be good, because as you guys know, Chris knows, I love Tom F. and Cruz. Like, he does no wrong with me. Also, and his middle name I had, changed. Right. <laughs> and I had <clears throat> I had no reservations about the length of time between, between sequels, which hasn't been pulled off great or even good when uh, sequels that long between the original. Yeah. So when this movie came out, man, like, again, you guys both said it. We all said it. Like, there's there was no negative in this movie. I mean, you can nitpick the very end with him and Goose's son or whatever. I, I didn't care. Yeah, I had to do I was it, in though. for the ride. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, being sixth domestically is even more impressive in today's world and whatever we have going on. Like, yeah. You know, Great. people still aren't going to the theater and all everything going on outside. And for this to pass Infinity War? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, just, uh, I saw it three. Three or four times in the theater. I'm not lying. I saw yeah. it that many times. I don't think you're alone because, I mean, this movie, guys, it kicked off the summer. It was out Memorial Day weekend. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, quote, movie summer, of course, we know we know when summer starts. We're not dumb people. But, like, the official movie summer, this was the kickoff. And, man, it just came out, you know, guns blazing. And it just, it's still in theaters right now, even though I think, what, paramount or somebody just uh put it out there of that it's going to come to streaming finally i think in the next few weeks or something but it's not slowing anything down it's still like in the top five for the weekend this past weekend even though there was things to see like shane uh can and sing uh some praises for beast i guess if you want to take the minute but yeah it's a it's it's just a, a phenomenal movie it's weird to say it's almost a comeback of sorts for Tom Cruise when he still does all the Mission Impossible movies and stuff. But to me, because I like those movies, but they're kind of more an ensemble. This felt like kind of a kind of a comeback, 
a kind of like, yeah, I'm still the biggest movie star around, possibly the last big movie star, and I'm going to make it count. Chris, do you feel still feeling those vibes from back in the end of May? Uh, people can't see, but I have my fighter jacket on, and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it it's still the best summer kickoff yeah that uh that we can expect and it was uh i i really by previews alone they got me excited yeah but prior to that i'm just like oh come on it's like you know around 30 years since the last time you know i don't think you can have the same feel right you know like i'm surprised uh recruitment hasn't like (laughs) had like a surge yeah, with, usually you uh, see you know, those articles, right? the Navy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, it's so funny because what you said, Shane, is no one wants to go to the movies anymore. And I'm surprised at that because uh, the last few times that I have been in the movies for, like, big, you know, tentpole, good buzz about uh, movies, the theaters haven't been packed that mm. I've noticed. I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing, but... Not many people are going to the theater. So for it to be number six, it's amazing. Like, you know, the fact that it's still in the theater kind of helps. Yeah. You know, it lasted the whole summer and ticket sales are still drummed up. But yeah, I just don't think that speaks well to what's out at the theater. I think that's part of the problem. Also, no, not yet. No, that again, like when have you heard like uh, a movie of any type? having this long of a run that it's been it a long been time reference since the 80s you know? yeah a lot of them are yeah or the 90s because you got like the titanics of the world or something you yeah. know that are gonna be like the last you know because we just did the what was that 97 so uh, we just yep. did the movie draft so yeah it, it feels like a throwback in every single way this movie also feels like summer you know what I mean? Like, yes. I want to yeah. I want to stop this podcast right now and uh, go toss the football with you guys, you know, on the beach like a like a man should. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, shirtless with some dog this, tags. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> underneath this uh, fighter jacket, I am all oiled up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's no, it's this. just really hot where you're, <laughs> you're outside that's, that's trying to record. Sweat. Yeah, it's just brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, it just it jazzes you up in all the good ways. It brought you back to what was it, eighty seven? The original eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, dancing over it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it just brings you back to that time. But it didn't feel dated. It it brought you all the the right storylines back. It introduced new characters in a in an inventive way. You know, you get to see probably Val Kilmer and one of the last things he's going to do. Poor guy. I mean, but uh, that was an emotional scene. Everything worked. Jennifer Connelly is still just an absolute smoke show. And smoke show. Just everything worked with that movie. It, it's, it's, it's damn near flawless, and people are responding to it in a big way. Uh, especially, it's weird that we're having this conversation to be like just championing a sequel being like, yeah, this fresh, yeah. inventive thing, <laughs> or this like, you know, kind of invigorating movie that you know kind of triumphs over all these other franchise IP sequels, like your Jurassic's and your Marvel stuff and whatever. And this felt refreshing, even though it's also a sequel. <laughs> um, yeah. But it it does work in that way, and I think that's why people 
responded in this and don't mind going to see it multiple times. Plus, this is true spectacle. This is a movie you need to see on the on the big screen. So people are like, oh wait, it's coming to streaming. Their 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 motives aren't, oh good, I won't go see it then. I'll wait for streaming. They're like, oh, I gotta get to the theater right now to see this before it gets to streaming. And I like that. I like that it went full board. The jet stuff is amazing. You have to see it on a big screen. And I think it absolutely works. See it in IMAX if you can. It's a it's an amazing yes. movie. And we don't need to tell you that because it seems like everyone I know has seen this movie. Um, so, like I said, that was kind of the the best and worst of the summer of 2022. We kind of covered it. You know, go back and listen to our our episodes to get kind of full looks at everything that happened this summer, including maybe more detailed opinions on those movies that we've mentioned. Um one of the things that we didn't mention, which maybe uh, will kind of be more obvious, uh, the only movie from our top 10 most anticipated uh, that we haven't covered on this podcast is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. We kind of been teasing it for a couple weeks here. Uh, obviously, we're looking forward to it. I don't remember where it landed on the big list, but I think maybe like seven, eight, somewhere around there. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So... Not one of the hottest ones on our list, but definitely something that we definitely wanted to see. This movie, kind of in the trailers, did you guys have the vibe that we thought this was going to be a kind of more of a straight horror uh, movie instead of like maybe what we got, which was essentially a modern game of Clue, where actually the director, uh, I listened to her in an interview where she called it Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls. And obviously neither of those movies are horror movies so <laughs> or, or horror properties. So, But it does match. I definitely see what she's getting at with this movie. But for me, this movie was solid performances that I will take away more than I enjoyed the movie as a whole. I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought certain people were were quite good, including uh, Rachel Sano, I who I thought stood out in the trailer. I thought she was still the best part of the movie as a whole, too, uh, who played Alice. Um, and yes, again, I'm not just saying that because she had to defend herself as a podcaster. That is, uh, it seems <laughs> to be a common theme with what we've been talking about today. But uh, Rachel Sano, who I loved a lot in Shiva Baby, I thought she definitely knew what movie she was in. And really kind of cranked it up and made things more interesting and probably had some of the better laugh lines, as I mentioned, the uh, Libra Moon thing at the beginning, because I laughed out loud when they did that. Um, But other than that, I felt some of the performances I wasn't in love with, and I felt like the movie sidelined certain characters weirdly after they get into the house. And I think they did that as like a red herring or like a false flags to kind of maybe try to get you to to go in different directions with the who done it part of it. But to be honest, the way the movie shakes out, it kind of takes away from some of the things that should be important by the time we get to who survives and who, who makes it out through all this and, and why things happen the way they did. But um, yeah, I, I will say that I liked it. Didn't love it. Probably would put it in like a 3.25 if I'm going to cheat. Uh, so <laughs> How, how did you guys respond to this? Because obviously we ha- did not mention it in any of the superlatives here. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Uh, before I had seen it, uh, you know, I heard what it was about, basically. And I, I think I even asked you guys, because I think you saw it before me. And uh, 
I, I think I said, is it like Clue? I also mentioned uh, April Ready Fool's Day. Yeah. Ready or not. Like, Ready you or know, not. Is, like some Somehow that movie is being so influential. There's been multiple horror movies yeah. or movies like that. Like that movie, uh, The Invitation, that's coming out in a few weeks. The trailer yes. looked like a redux of Ready or Not too. So it's weird how influential that movie is becoming because this definitely has a, a, a feeling of that. But you nailed it with Clue, but the difference is like it's more about the skeletons in the closet than the bodies on the floor. And it's yeah. not it's not as fun. It's more like this commentary on Gen Z stuff and other things kind of crammed in there at times that I just didn't yeah. think worked on me a ton. Some of it's fun and funny, but it it didn't work overall. I'm uh I'm I'm a huge fan of A twenty four. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that like, you know, they take chances. I think I like more than I don't like. You know, there was a few choices this year alone uh, that came out of them that were kind of hit or miss with us. Yeah. Um, but with this, I was just like, okay, you know, it's ensemble. It's, you know, one location. Yeah, definitely a uh, COVID kind, movie. Yeah, kind of like this uh, this premise that, uh, you know, it's, it's all fun. But as they say uh, in the uh, trailer, in the movie itself... People get upset when they play this game. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you have to factor that in before it happens. But uh, this kind of reminded me of very bad things. Yeah, uh, sure. Where, you know, one thing leads to another and it's all bad. But, you know, when when it comes down to how it occurred, uh, what happens to everyone, you're like, huh. And... Uh, also, I think I've aged out of uh, most of the conversations in this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's quite possible. I still, yeah. even looking it up on uh, on paper, how it, have it described to me, I still don't understand gaslighting. Okay? <laughs> so stop using that around me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, some of the stuff, like, I'm just like, I don't understand what everyone's problems are. I don't know everyone's backstory. I feel it's like hinted on, but it's not delved into uh, mm -hmm. too deeply. Uh, it's all surface level. And like you, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. But once it was all said and done, I was kind of like most of the year, uh, this mentality of like, oh, so I saw it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Yeah, you know, it didn't wow me. Did you like anyone or not like anyone in particular? Because, like I said, I, I'll sing the praises for Rachel Sanoa. I liked Pete Davidson in it as yeah. well. Um, who doesn't like Lee Pace? You know, of course. But um, I will say the person who kind of drove me a little crazy with kind of the underplayed and kind of mischaracterizing was Maria Bakalova. I thought didn't okay. work a lot for me. So I don't know how you felt on that. Uh, I feel like she kind of represented us, the audience, where, you know, she's new to this group. She doesn't know really anybody else besides uh, Sophie. Right. And I, I got to say, I didn't really like Sophie as a character because it seemed like, you know, she was into uh, Maria's character. Right. But she's also into everyone else into the room. Right. Because she's she, after she, something. We Obviously, it comes out as it goes yeah. along. Sure. Yeah, so she's just not a good like, person. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I think Maria is the only quote unquote good person out of everyone. Right. Because uh, they all have their their quirks, <laughs> as yeah. I like to put it. Um, yeah. But that's why but, I thought Rachel Sinote was the only person who I thought was consistent. That like made sense to me. That can actually yeah. bring something to the movie, and that's why I appreciate her more. Um, Shane, are you echoing a lot of the sentiments that we're doing? Are we just a bunch of three forty plus white men that just aren't supposed to get this movie? Or are we just uh, not connecting with it on some level? Or did, were you into it? We're not connecting with it. We're all we're all on the same page. This movie actually made me think more than I wanted to think for a movie like this. <laughs> if right. that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. Because as I'm watching this movie go along, it made me angry. Like I kept getting like upset because I don't like mom mentality kind of, you know, nature. Sure. I don't like mom mentality. And these are very unlikable characters. And I kept thinking to myself, these people would never be friends. They would never be friends in real life. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> although there is that elitism and rich in the same right. area stuff. And you all know where... I love Pete Davidson. I'm an unabashed Pete. No, <laughs> kid, I hate that fucking yeah. guy. But right. uh, no, it's just, I, I. but when you think about me hating the characters, I think that's a good job by the director because I thought they were trying to just encapsulate what this generation of people are like with the social media and how selfish and superficial they are and when it comes down to it, they're all for themselves and not really for their friends. Right. It's like it is that Lord of the Flies mentality. Yeah. So in that aspect, it did a good job making me not care for these people. I didn't like anybody in this film. Well, I, actually, I did like Lee Pace's character. <laughs> I was about to say, well, he's kind of the avatar for our age level, kind of right. walking in going, yep. I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm just trying right. to bang this chick. I'm just trying <laughs> to be here and enjoy life and, you know be at a hurricane I will party. say yeah I, I liked the what saved this movie for me is the ending the ending actually saved it for me at once we find out what led to the that domino falling to this terrible chain of events because yeah. of this incident i thought it was smart i thought it was a smart ending, and i know a lot of people when i read online did not like the ending they thought it was no a i'm with it right? yeah I liked it. It made sense. It made me actually go from a bad movie to like, okay, it's it's okay. So Yeah, you know it has me when I'm literally retracing the steps with them in my mind of like, oh right. So if this, then this, then this, and and just trying to retrace and did it all make sense? Does it make sense with these characters? And I'm doing that in real time. So what I will say about this movie, and sorry to cut you off kind of or derail you, but I think again, kind of like nope. I think I'll probably like it a little better on rewatch, but as I'm going along, I still think I will have certain issues with certain characters or there's a, there's a scene. I think it makes me crystallize what I don't like about this movie. Uh, it's towards the end of uh, uh, Alice when she, I think maybe is in that Virgo moon conversation or maybe a little after there's just a bunch of like, there's a big shouting match between multiple characters that just lays all their issues out all at once in this massive dump of exposition or extra stuff that we all need to know all at once that tries to shove more of the message of the film all down at once. And I thought if you did a better job leading things through instead of just rushing to like, hey, let's play this game that we didn't bring up or that we never talked about before, instead of getting to the plot device stuff and really making that work, I think... If it 
was set up a little bit better going beforehand. You don't have scenes like that. And I think that's why I think this movie doesn't flow as well as it does or as, as it should at times, which is why, again, it's a like and not a love for me. Right. Because usually for me, I have to be grounded or connect to one character in a movie. Yeah. At least one. And, and if Bakalova is supposed to be that, it's not for me. Right. Yeah, and it didn't work for me. And I just wanted everyone to die. I'll be honest with you. I wanted everybody to die <laughs> yeah. in this in yeah. this movie. Yeah. So I gave it, uh, just to share my grade, I gave it a 2.5. Now, okay. I agree with you, Andrew. Like, I, I have a feeling if I give this time to breathe and see it when it comes to one of the streaming services, I may enjoy it more on a second viewing. Sure. But going in, much like, nope, I shouldn't have to do that. Right. So that's where I land on bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. I'm with you on that chain. Uh, I, I give it a 2.5 as well. Uh, yeah. But like, just like on Letterboxd, uh, I will say it's 2.5, but I'll put a heart to it. I liked it. Yeah. It's interesting. You know what I mean? It's like one of those. Yeah. Um, but again, like if I watch it again, I may pick up on certain things that I didn't this first time and uh, enjoy it more, or it could stay a 2.5. Who knows? You know, yeah. and I'll take the heart away. Yeah. <laughs> You're taking my heart away right now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I say I say my hearts for the real champions in, in the letterbox game, which is what we're going to get to right now, because we can update our top five movies of the year so far to kind of see where we're at before we end this all up. Uh, I think it's kind of a fun exercise before we really get down to the end of the year. And I'll start first because I, I, we're going to have a lot of crossover what I'll, I'll like to highlight is uh, I'll go through the order real quick and then just kind of highlight the, the differences between now and when we did this back in May. Um, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, still my homeboy, still my number one, number one with a bullet. It's all good. Um, Top Gun Maverick, it, like basically the order is still the same for me, one, two, three, four. It's Cha-Cha Real Smooth, The Batman, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Top Gun Maverick, unassailable for all really great movies and sneaking in in the number five spot, which was not there previously. I just watched this on Peacock. Yes, I'm the guy who has a Peacock for, uh, <laughs> for subscription because I, they're not doing well. But this movie completely worked on me. This is The Outfit starring Mark Rylance and Zoe Deutsch, uh, amongst others. And gosh, uh, Johnny Flynn, he's amazing in this movie. It's its another one of those movies that you could tell it's kind of COVID-friendly. One one location, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to insult him by calling him a tailor. He hates that. Uh, he's a cutter. Uh, but it's about kind of a, a, a tailor, a custom suit place that has uh, the mob influence in Chicago back in the, the earlier part of the 20th century um, where you're just seeing kind of this, it feels almost like a, uh, it could have been a stage play. I don't know if it was, this is uh written co-written and directed by Graham Moore, who uh, did the, who was the writer for the imitation game, which is one of my favorite movies of last decade. And so that's what made me really want to check this out. And to me, it's just a great movie where it, it just a domino effect of things going wrong and you don't know whether things are happening by chance, who's pulling the strings, and it's just a simple story that I just really appreciated. 
Mark Rylance is incredible in it. Uh, there's so many good people in this. And this is the first thing he's written since the Imitation Game. It's been quite a long time. But, God, he is just an impressive guy. And, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. But, yeah, very small cast, very well acted, very impressive and time period specific, very slick movie. Uh, highly recommend The Outfit, uh, which is now my new number five. Uh, Shane, you want to go through your your top five there, bad boy? What changed for you? Sure. I got two new entries. Uh, my number one is still the same as yours. I still have the Batman up there, which is real close to my number two, and I can flip-flop those on any given conversation, is everything, everywhere, all at once is still my number two. Right. What's new is Top Gun is my number three. Right. Uh, I had to take your movie out of there. I'm sorry, Andrew, because I had Cha-Cha real smooth in my top five, you. and uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> had to maverick, uh, maverick it out of there. Uh-huh. And number four is a new movie, it, and we just reviewed it last week or two weeks ago. That's Prey. Um, yeah. I took Fresh Out to put Prey in there. I almost put me, Amber Mid-Thunder kind of... in over uh, Austin Butler. I thought about right. it. I thought that about it. That would have been a good one, actually. That would have been a good one. I mean, it's just too much of a that performance that he's just too good. Yeah, yeah. And my number five is still the Nicolas Cage movie, because to me, that movie was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And that's the unbearable weight of a massive talent. That is still my number five. So that is it. Two is out, choice. two in. Yeah. And when we do this, if we ever do a wrap-up show at the end of the year, I could easily flip-flop these movies, some of these movies again. So who knows? Yeah. I, hey, man, uh, unbearable weight was in my top five, I believe, when uh, this originally happened. So I can't fault you for that. I think it's probably still in my top you know, seven or eight as as it stands in the year so definitely we'll we'll go and co-sign that one chris uh a lot of similarities yeah. for you guys uh but you you got a couple of summer films sneaking in here too yeah uh uh sneaking in to the top five is nope yeah i i really that one set with me a lot more than i i initially thought it would right and uh it cracked into the top five uh, Vengeance, as I've previously stated, uh, was one that just surprised me, mm-hmm. um, and I, I really can't wait for you guys to uh, to check it out to to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, Top Gun, of course, has to be in there at number three. Yeah, because uh, the Batman uh, impressed me. Yeah, for number two, of course. Um, we've talked about that endlessly. Uh, and at number one, it still remains everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. I love that movie. It's, it's hard pressed to top it really. Like I feel like at the end of the year, it's still going to be my number one. Yeah. And the way we've talked about it here and the way a lot of people, uh, critics across the country and people have caught this, you would think this movie just passed uh, Avengers Infinity War. But, you know, it definitely was the number one movie that A24 has ever put out uh, in terms of the box office. And you can argue potentially the best movie they ever put out. I mean, it's it's a select few of like really high end movies that everybody can kind of agree on. And you're right. This movie is it's on our list for a reason. All the performances are great in it and it, it deserves a spot on any list. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And this is one of the ones I'm actually going to buy a physical Blu-ray of it when it comes out and add yep. to my collection, which I don't do much 
anymore. And I'm not I, I'm not high on A24 like both of you are because some of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life has come from that studio. So I'm kind of scarred on a lot of them. And right. we could just we could sidebar that conversation. But this one, to me, yeah. I agree with you, Andrew. It's the best film they, they've they've done to this to this day. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it exists so that way we can forget about uh, men uh, from earlier <laughs> in the year. So yeah. well, you take the good with the bad, but you always take the big swings, and that's what I appreciate about them. There's very <clears throat> few studios who will take on projects, even this crazy in the room, somebody who's trying to explain what this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, is about and, and how it's oh, going to yeah. come through. And they bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and let these people cook. And I, I appreciate it. And I, I'm glad that it's still all in our top fives. Uh, but you're right. I, I'm glad we, we kind of had this conversation. I'm glad we went all over this because um, it sets the stage for, you know, the entering into the fall festival season, as I mentioned. A lot of Oscar hopefuls coming through where our list might look very different, especially mine, uh, as it goes through <laughs> the end of the year. Because, you know, I don't know. Uh, Shane, I, I feel almost not bad for you, but like... You're you're yeah. the big blockbuster action guy. You're like you're all into that. So if if your list holds to this, I'm sure you won't be upset. But to have even the thought of like maybe this was a downbeat in terms of summer success in terms of the movies that came out, I'm, I'm, I feel kind of bad for you. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> it, it was a bad year for me, and uh, there's no Frank Grillo movies coming out anytime soon. So it's true. What am I gonna do? Uh, yeah, what am I gonna do? yeah uh but yeah i i anything uh i will probably do i'm sure we'll talk about it off air but we'll probably do like a full scale like what we're looking forward to in the in the coming months all apologies by the way to uh you know movies that are still in the summer for the next like week or two because we're kind of a little bit ahead ahead of schedule with that. Um, shout out to to you know three thousand years of longing or any of these things that that might end up you know being spectacular. But um, I'm sure we'll cover it as as things progress. I'm also uh, very hooked on. Uh, we'll probably talk House of Dragons and Lord of the Rings, all these things that are coming up for the TV side too. Um, I'm tempted to ask like anything you guys are looking forward to in particular, but I'm sure we'll probably have some kind of listicle coming through. But you guys looking forward to stuff for the rest of the year, or are you feeling like God? It all rests on like one movie, or it's or you're just not into it. Any thoughts? Mm, Honestly, to wrap up the summer, like you said, we're kind of ahead schedule. I am looking forward to the invitation. I am looking forward to that movie. And Samaritan. Um, Yeah, Samaritan. I was just about to mention that. Yeah, and uh, the other Idris Elba movie coming out, like you said, was it Three Thousand Nights of of Long? Three Thousand Nights of Long, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually looking forward to that one as well because I really haven't had time to do a deep dive in what's coming out post Labor Day, so I'm kind of clueless with that stuff. But yeah, there's a couple movies I'm still looking out. I'm looking and Vengeance, like Chris mentioned, that was on my list. I I wanted to go, I just haven't gotten there yet. So you know, yeah, I'm still catching up from stuff from earlier in the year uh, that. There's a Jared Carmichael movie uh, on the count of three. Uh, it's yep. like a, a suicide pact movie that is built as kind of like a dark comedy. Um, that is now on Hulu, I believe. Hulu, yep. Um, yep. So that's on my watch list I just added. So I got some things to watch there. Um, but yeah, I, the, the fall season, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, the Toronto International Film Festival 
Venice and uh, the New York Film Festival all kind of put out their lineups, and there's a bunch of stuff uh, that I'm looking forward to uh, that I'm sure we will preview the crap out of uh, coming soon. Chris, anything, uh, any thoughts of, like, looking forward? Uh, do you think that 2022 is going to be a good, you know, movie year at the end of the day, or are you just kind of skeptical at this point? I I am constantly skeptical. Uh, <laughs> but uh, am I looking forward to anything? Not in particular. I just want something good. I, sure. I want good movies to, to come out uh, to finish off the year and uh, – not that I was like too disappointed, but like I, I I'm tired of the middling movies. Yeah. You know, I've seen them. They're all right. Yeah. I'm moving on. You yeah. know, I want something to stay with me. I want something, you know, like everything everywhere all at once. I want to still think of them and be like, oh my God, 2022, an amazing year for movies. Um, yeah, I'd love that too. But right now, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I'm I'm in the state of affairs right now where, you know, movies that are like three stars for me, you know, are still yeah. in my top 25 of the year, which is not a good feeling to have. Uh, but like I said, a lot of stuff still yet to come. We will cover the crap out of it. So like us, subscribe, uh, rate us, do all the nice things, and be sure to be back every single week for more recent activity. <laughs>